Hey, good evening everybody. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this is Dave and Sherry Everett from Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we are uh, continuing our Bible study tonight on Don't Limit God by Andrew Womack. And we are still in the fourth, uh, no, actually we're in the fifth chapter now uh, tonight, uh, titled Fear of Success. Uh, we've been again talking about Don't Limit God. And we are now going to be talking about the fear of success. Previous chapters... Uh, just to recap, just briefly, we've talked about the wrong beliefs, believing wrong, uh, uh, and we've talked about the cares of this world, the fear of risk, and the fear of men. And now we're going to talk about the fear of success. And then we have one more ch chapter on imaginations, which we'll be covering later uh, sessions. So I think this is week number 13, if I'm, I'm right, not really counting, but at the same point in time, uh, if you go to our our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. You can go to our message page and go to our series page. From there, you can find out. Uh, you can revisit our previous sessions. So anyway, thank you for joining us. Uh, say hello. Uh, tell us where you're from. If you have any prayer requests, um, uh, you can mention those below or reach us privately. At the same point in time, uh, if you have any. <coughs> questions or comments or dialogue with this uh, Bible study as we go forward, feel free to make the comments below. Hopefully keep your comments uh, pertaining to what we're talking about tonight. Otherwise you can reach us privately for any other dialogue you want to discuss. Uh, anyway, we just thank you for joining us and uh, we're going to uh, start once uh, we get dialed in here. And uh, uh, again, we're doing Don't Let It God by Andrew Womack. And so, um, so once we get down in, hopefully we're almost there. So, here we go. All right, all right here we go. All right. all right, fear of success. When God spoke to me and told me I was limiting him, one of the biggest fears in my life was the fear of success. Some of you don't understand what I'm saying. But I believe that success has destroyed more people than hardship and failure ever have. People often say things like, when you're suffering and everything is wrong, it shows what's inside of you. But what really reveals what's inside of you is when everything is going well. Everyone with, with even a minimal commitment to God will turn to Him when things aren't working and it looks like they're going to die at any moment. Even people who don't love God will cry out to Him and ask Him for help when they are in a bind. Two things have I required of Thee. Deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny Thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and still and take the name of my God in vain. Proverbs 30. 7-9 through nine. I believe that a greater indication of what's on the inside of you is when everything is going well and you don't have to rely on God. How much do you study and pray then? <clears throat> don't forget the Lord. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee, and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. 
and he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. <coughs> thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart, that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains, and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses and dwell therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. Now say in thine heart, My power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he sware unto thy fathers, as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day, that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 8, verses 1 through 20. In this chapter, Moses was writing to the Israelites with the, about entering into the promised land. He told them to be aware to beware that when they came into all of this prosperity, they didn't forget that it was the Lord who gave them the power to get wealth so he could establish his covenant. King Saul's life is a good example of this. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed the king over Israel? Anointed the king over Israel. 1 Samuel 15:17. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast reject, rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. 1 Samuel 15:26. When Saul was little in his own eyes, was humble and obeyed God, God could use him. But when he became great in his own eyes, was lifted up with pride and disobeyed God, God couldn't use him. 
Humility is necessary to walk with God. Saul didn't continue to walk with God because he became proud and did his own thing. God rejected him from being king. Saul limited what God wanted to do in his life. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 16, 18. God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. 1 Peter 5, 5. There is fear in prosperity. Prosperity has destroyed a lot of people, and has hardened many people's hearts to the Lord. This is a problem in our nation today. America is so prosperous that we have spoiled people that we have spoiled people walking around who think if they don't have five flat screen television sets, the government should do something about it. If we look at church history, we can see that every time the church was persecuted, it flourished. But every time the church was in a relative period of prosperity, it always went into apostasy. I believe that is what is happening in our nation today. We have become religious. America was founded on Christian principles, but now the church has minimal impact in our nation. In a lot of ways, and I take no joy in saying this, we are living in a post-Christian nation. I am not accepting that. I am not dooming us to that conclusion. I believe God will still resurrect our nation, and I am doing everything that I can by preaching the word. I am still believing God for our nation. So there's a lot in here uh, that Andrew's been saying. Again, thank you for joining us, those who have just uh, joined on. We're going through Andrew's book, Don't Limit God, Andrew Womack, and uh, I'm Dave, this is Sherry. And so a few things that I'm just going to piggyback on what we've been studying so far. We're in the fifth chapter of six chapters in this book. Uh, this chapter is entitled The Fear of Success. And so anyway, uh, a couple of things Andrew has said, you know, and I agree, you know, a lot of people have said that uh, when things, when when you're going through suffering and everything is wrong, it shows what's on the inside of you. And Andrew brings out, and which I believe is totally correct, is that and he's. And let me just read it here. I believe that a greater indication of what's on the inside of you is when everything is going well, and you don't have to rely on God. That's the key phrase right there. That you don't have to rely on God. How much you study and pray. How much you study and pray. Then, you know. When everything's going well, that's that can be the most dangerous times in our lives. You know, when we're when we are in one sense complacent, passive, not relying on God, uh, that can become very dangerous. You know, when that, things were going well, that David fell with Bathsheba. And it wasn't in the middle of battle and whatnot. You know, it just uh, we put our guard down when things are going well. We. We don't, as he says, we don't rely on God. And we need to, you know, I had a conversation with somebody this week on Facebook. And they were talking about fear of end time things and making a stance and whatnot. And uh, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I said something along the lines like, you know, I said, uh, he, it, um, the message has never changed. It's all about Jesus. And we need to be trusting Him, relying on Him when everything's going well. It's actually just as dangerous when we're not trusting Him when everything's going well than when we're not trusting Him when everything's falling apart. We need to always trust Jesus. Uh, we always need to trust Him in our lives. And so when we don't, when we get to a place where we don't do that, that's when things, uh, that's when it's dangerous. That's when uh, it's not healthy, you know. And so sometimes when everything's going wrong, sometimes when everything's falling apart, 
and I'm not advocating that, but when that is, and further times when we're we're cleaving to Jesus, we're, we're holding on to the hem of His garment, if you will, uh, you know, and that's actually a very healthy place. Not the problems. I don't think there has to be a bunch of problems. But at the same point in time, we it, this whole life is a, the just will live by His faith. And if our faith is not in God, if our faith is in ourselves, if our faith is, is what we're doing, if we're not relying on God, or we're just relying on what we can accomplish and what we can do, then, you know, that can be a very dangerous place. And actually, more importantly, that's what we're talking about, it reveals what's in our hearts. If we're just seeking God when everything's going wrong, but we're not seeking God when everything's going right, that really reveals what's in our hearts. Uh, both actually do. Uh, they go hand in hand. But... Who are we relying on to? Who, who do we reach out to? Who, we, who are we depending on? Are, we, are we depending on ourselves, others, the government, whatnot? Are we depending on, are, are we depending on our paycheck? Are we depending on our spouse, our parents, our children? Are we, are we dependent on God? And that really reveals the heart. Who are you depending on? Who, who do you spend time with? Who, do you, who are you dependent on? And so that is a very important thing. Uh, he brings up uh, in his teaching from Andrew Womack's book, Don't Let Me God, what we uh, Sherry just read. But he talks about Deuteronomy chapter 8, how when they go and come into the promised land, that, you know, God's already taught them that man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He's already taught them, and we still need to learn today. You know, there's some things I learned in Sunday school as a child. There's things I learned as a child. Those same principles work today. In my adult life, they work today. And miss COVID and everything else going on in our world, we still need to trust God. We still need to walk with God. We still need to be in the Word. We still need to go to church. We still need the, the fellowship. We still need the, the memorize scripture. Uh, you know, we we still need to um, trust the Lord. We rely on God. We and that should be our attitude, our dependency, and our and whatnot. And then he he talks about. David and David and uh, well, actually more specifically King Saul. King Saul started well, but he got haughty. He got he was actually insecure from the beginning. But uh, he he became so focused on himself that uh, that that uh, insecurity because it was insecurity is pride, and uh, and because he's focused on himself, he's not focused on God. Uh, he's focused on himself, and insecurity will. It, it can be dangerous, uh, uh, especially with someone in power. And so it can get very ugly. And so uh, King Saul was not someone who depended on God. And, you know, pride, and he quotes two scriptures here from Proverbs 1. Uh, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And then God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. You know, God will humble. And humility is not just taking the punches per se. But humility is trusting God. When, you know, we heard a message a few years ago uh, from Jeremy Pearsons, and it says that when we tell God, I got this, I can do this, that's pride. We need to be a people where, Lord, I need your help, I need direction, I need your wisdom. Uh, even when things are going well, even when we in one sense can figure out, we need to be a people who inquire of God. We need to be a people who trust God and, and reach out to Him and seek Him for counsel and wisdom and direction. And to discern what's going on. And, you know, uh, as the days are growing evil, as things are happening in our world, in our society, we need to be a people who trust God. You got something, Trey?
No, well, not. I haven't formulated my thoughts yet, um, but Dave started a new message, which is kind of not not a new new message, but a new message. But it, it, it piggybacks and goes with his message he just finished uh, last week on the garden restored. And uh, we do talk about relationship with God all the time because that it means so much to Dave and I that people do have that relationship with the Lord. But his message today was resting in God's goodness, resting in, in His goodness, uh, God our Father's. And you know, we're uh, we just Andrew just talked about the Israelites, and you know, God was was speaking to them. Um, but Dave made a comment this morning that God didn't just want to lead the, the Israelites out of bondage. He won, wanted to lead them into the promised land. And when we can understand that and accept that and know that, that God wants to lead us out of the bondage that we've been trapped in, that he wants to lead us into relationship with him, that he is a good God and he wants us to live and dwell and rest in his goodness, <coughs> our lives will never be the same in a good way. And I want, we want that so much for you guys to get that. Yeah, just one more little, little uh, thing that he says here. You know, when the church was persecuted throughout church history, of course, and no one wants to go through persecution. Andrew dealt with that last week and the week before. You know, it's not. It's never going to be fun, and we're not pushing for it. But anyone who it says in Timothy that anyone who desires to live godly will, anyone who desires to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But every time throughout church history, throughout since Pentecost till now, throughout church history, whenever the church has been persecuted, it has flourished. Because it's now dependent on God, and, and some of the glamour goes away, and some of the the, the comfort zones go away, and some of the religion, it, it becomes black and white and no gray. You know, I hate religion, and, uh, and so religion uh, shows its face uh, during the time of calamity and persecution. And so uh, persecution, in one sense, can be a, a good thing, and in one sense, it kind of can be a cleansing thing. Um, but, uh, you know... I've said this many times, but Jesus, John, Paul, James, Peter, all said that these end times would come. So, and they lived in themselves in times of persecution. They were all martyred. Uh, Jesus went to the cross, which in one sense was a form of martyrdom. But uh, it just, you know, Je you know we, we, they all, they all went through persecution. They tried to kill John. They tried to fry him. He wouldn't fry uh, and boil him. You know, uh, so they put him on an island, and yeah, that's when he got the book of Revelation, the, 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 the revelation that we, that we esteem. And so, you know, um, but all of them were persecuted. And so, um, he, uh, uh, you know, they all spoke of this day. They all spoke of the things that would, go, come ha would happen in our day, and they are happening. And so, but we don't have to be fearful. We need to trust Jesus. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because whether we live or die, we're, we're going to be with Jesus. And so uh, that needs to be our dependency. And uh, that's, that's, uh, that's the key. So anything else?
Okay. All right, Mr. I go ahead and read forward. Uh, I said pride comes before fall. Proverbs sixteen eighteen can also be applied to King Uzziah, who was another king to, who started out serving God in humility. God gave him witty inventions, such as the engines he built that gave him military advances over his enemies. He prospered, but then he got lifted up with pride. He went into the temple and decided he was going to offer sacrifice to God. He tried to occupy the priest's place, but a king couldn't do that, so God smote him with leprosy. And Uzziah prepared for them throughout all the host shields and spears and helmets and haberdines and bows and slings to cast stones. And he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. And Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him fourscore priests of the Lord and that were valiant men. And they withstood Uzziah the king and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed, neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord. Then Uzziah was wroth, and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priest, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord, from beside the incense altar. And Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead, and they thrust him out from thence, yea, himself hastened to go out, because the Lord had smitten him. Second Chronicles twenty six fourteen to twenty. All right, thank you. I don't have a lot to comment here. Uh, just in this little section here, but it's just another example of someone who started off well, but finally got into pride. And, uh, and so, you know, we have many stories about this. Saul, we have Uzziah here. Uh, there's some other ones that we can get in scripture. Uh, I mean, Solomon was another one. Uh, they started off well, but then they got into pride, and so. Um, you know, uh, it's not so much that we start well, we got to end well. And so, uh, and so we got to live well. And so, you know, we can't get our focus when things are going well. When, you know, and all three of these are examples of people who became successful. And the title of this section, the title of this chapter is The Fear of Success. And we have to be careful, you know, we teach a lot about prosperity and different things that are part of our salvation. But the danger of those things is that we stop trusting God. We stop seeking the Lord. And so uh, we're all about successful, success. And we're all about prosperity. But we're, all, we're more importantly than all that, we got to trust God. we got to keep our focus on Him. I mean, I can, and there's so much I can piggyback on that. You know, God, that the whole... The whole word of God. I mean, I can teach this from Old Testament and New Testament about prosperity. But it's not, we're not seeking prosperity, we're seeking God. Some of the benefits, some of the fruits, some of the, the, the again, benefits of, of seeking God is being prosperous. When, you know, you see it throughout the Old Testament. When they were seeking God, 
they were a prosperous nation. When they weren't seeking God, they lost their prosperity. You know, so the key is not prosperity, the key is seeking God. And when I think of prosperity, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about success. I'm talking about uh, peace uh, in the home, peace in, 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 the, in the country. Um, things going well. Uh, you know, life is good. Uh, it just, uh, and so that, that, that's for me, the success. Success is also being there. In the center of his will, you know, um, but uh, I don't want to be so peaceful. I'm also complacent, and I'm also just being passive. You know, we there's there's stuff to do, and uh, and uh, and so anyway, um, these are just some more examples of uh, being careful that when our ship comes, so to speak, that we don't get our focus on God. We need to keep our focus on the Lord. Because if we get our focus on the Lord, we're not going forward. The more chances we are, we are we're going backwards. And so um, it's easier to go upstream. I mean downstream <laughs> in the right way versus uh, uh, losing uh, uh, our footing. So anyway, anything else? And, and and that's the big thing. I I think that we kind of lose sight of is that trusting and believing in God that He wants the best for us. You know, we, we quote uh, the verse that says God has a, a, a future and a hope and a plan for us. We can quote it upside, downside, right side, outside, but we seem to not really take hold of that and see that God really, really, truly wants us to succeed and live the kingdom of God here on earth just as it is in heaven. You know, he, he did want the Israelites prosper to prosper. He did want them to, to live in the promised land and to be his people. What, what was hard was the, the people chose to do things on their own. And they said, well, we can do it. And that's when they fell. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's humbling, but it is the best place in the world to trust God and the good times, the bad times, and to delight in Him, and not see what's going around in in the natural. You know, we are to delight in Him, and He will bring our desires to pass. Um, we are to delight in Him, and He will make us prosperous, spirit, soul, and body. You know, I know Dave briefly touched on it, and I know a lot of people. I mean, hey, I can point the finger at me. I would like to be prosperous financially, but it is more important for me, for anyone, to be prosperous in our heart, in our minds, in our souls, and have the peace of God that, that we can be thankful uh, in any situation, that we can trust God in any situation, and He, he will give us the desires of our heart. He will bless us and make us prosperous spirit, soul, and body. You know, he, he will, I mean, the kingdom of God is, is so much salvation. If you, if you, if you take that, that word apart and realize that it means not just salvation to get to heaven, but wholeness and deliverance and prosperity and so much more. I mean, if you think about it, God in creation he just didn't set man into darkness and say, here you go, here's some, here's
here's some dirt, here's some water, here's some seeds, there you go. But as Dave uh, talked about this morning, Adam didn't have to wait for the garden to grow before he could eat of the fruit and the vegetables and the, the food that, that God grew. God already had the trees bearing fruit. Trees take a minimum of three to seven to however many years to bear fruit. But it was all there when Adam was created. The oxygen was there. The, the, the pure water to drink was there. All of Adam's, all of man's, mankind's needs were in place before God created man. God wants to take care of us and bless us. We've just, sometimes we lose sight of this because of the pain we're going through or maybe the success we're going through. All right, let's read some more. Uh, the title of this section is called Independent or God Dependent. In 2 Samuel 11, we see that God had become so prosperous, I'm sorry, we see that David had become so prosperous, he decided to send other people to do what God had called him to do. It was obvious that he was bored because he rose when the sun was going down. That means he wasn't doing anything. And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem and it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself and the woman was very beautiful to look upon and David sent and inquired after the woman and one said is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam the wife of Uriah the Hittite and David sent messengers and took her and she came in unto him and he lay with her 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 4. David started out God-dependent, but became independent of God because of prosperity. These scriptures made me aware that if the Lord multiplied my ministry and gave me more influence, reaching more and more people, it could lead to my destruction. I was fearful of that. Some of you may think that's strange, but I was afraid of success and what it could potentially do to me. Then one day the Lord said to me, I've been working on you for 33 years, and you just need to trust that I've prepared you for this. So I had to overcome this fear and say, Father, I'll take it and whatever comes with it. Fear was holding me back. I hate to admit it, but part of it was just a sense of unworthiness. I knew that God loved me and carried my picture in his wallet, but I still had to deal with what other people thought of me. I just didn't feel worthy enough for God to use me. As I've said before, if I were God, I wouldn't have picked me. All right, thank you, Sherry. So, um, again, uh, you know, the title of the section is uh, Independent or God Dependent. And this just goes with everything we've been saying, and uh, it speaks to me as well. You know, we just, we need to be God dependent. Uh, we cannot be so independent. If we can trust ourselves, we don't need God. We need to be God-dependent about everything. Not just when things are going wrong, but especially when everything's going well. Those are the times when we, we tend not to, uh, not to not to trust God and not to lean on Him, not to rely on Him. Um, you have something to share? Talk about? 
Uh, just looking for something. Okay. Uh, I don't have a lot to piggyback on, and uh, Andrew's right in here, but uh, I can just concur with him. There's been many times uh, where fear has just held me back from going forward. You know, uh, uh, not just because of fear of failure, but because of fear of success. And uh, just seeing him saying that Andrew's saying, you know, we're just uh, uh, not thinking I was worthy enough, you know. And uh, I can go into a lot of detail about that, just even my own, not for his life, but my own life, you know. There's been a lot of things that have happened, even in recent years and months and, and weeks, that have, you know, if I were to pay attention to it, I could go into that, that fear too. But uh, I just have to know that, know that I know what God's called me to do and who God's called me to be. And I can't depend, I can't gear what God's called me to do based on people's reactions, their opinions, and how they treat me. You know, um, I mean, look at David. I mean, his brothers did not treat him well. His family did not treat him well. Look at Joseph, his family, his brothers, his fa own father at times did not treat him well. Uh, keep going back to David, King Saul did not always treat David well. You know, but they, they knew what God's called them to do. And so, uh, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I mean, um, they were the only ones who did not bow to this, 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 this uh, um, image that was before them. So, you know, we have to be careful that we don't base our success and we, our importance, our vitality, based on other people's opinion. Because, uh, you know, if I base... Uh, my importance based on what people thought of me, I could get depressed real quick sometimes. Um, I have to know what God's called me to do. And sometimes I'm wondering how effective I'm being in different ways, but uh, I just know I'm doing what God's called me to do, you know. Um, and so um, I'm not, I can't be people dependent. I can't be independent. I have to be God dependent. And, uh, um, and, and so that is just something that is that's just very important. And, uh, you know, we can look at this from different angles. We can, in context of tonight, we can look at this when times are going well, or we can look at this when times are not going so well. And uh, and sometimes when things are not going so well, it's easier in some ways to, to take inventory. But we need to take inventory when things are going well. And so, um, anyway, um, that's just some of my thoughts on that. You have any thoughts? I just have a, a verse to share that was really meaningful to me this, this last week. Um, I personally I've been in 2 Corinthians uh, just on my own personal study time but this verse really struck me and I, and I hope it ministers to you as well in 2 Corinthians 3 um, I'll, I'll start, start with verse 4 and we have such trust through Christ toward God that that not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And it's just that sufficiency. You know, we're talking about pride and humility, but when we realize that it's God who makes us sufficient, our sufficiency is from God, that He is the one that makes us sufficient as, uh, as ministers, whether we be pastors, teachers, uh, someone having a, a Bible study in their, in their home, 
ministering to your neighbors, to your coworkers, to your family, stay-at-home mom, someone working in the marketplace, whatever it might be. It's God who has made us sufficient in whatever ministry he has called us to. And he's made us all able ministers. And if we think that we're not good enough, like Andrew was sharing, how he had a hard time thinking he wasn't good enough, God's the one who's called us. God's the one who's made us sufficient into what, whatever it is that he has called us to do. Okay, let's read some more. God separated you. Let me see something more share. God separated you, name of the section. <laughs> the Lord spoke to me in January 1973, just a few months after Jamie and I married. The Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and spoke to me from Jeremiah 1, 4 through 8. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Since that night I have never told anyone that I couldn't speak. I didn't instantly get rid of my fear, but I started doing what God had spoken to me. Before he formed me in the womb, before I came forth out of my mother's belly, God had a purpose for me. Paul said the same thing in Galatians 1.15. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, we were created by God. Psalm 139, verse 16 says that when we were still in our mother's wombs, he knew all of our parts, and they were written in his book. God knew everything about us. He created us and designed us for a specific purpose. It's not up to us to live our lives, discover that we have artistic talent or administrative talent or that we're people persons, and then look at our options and just pick and choose and do whatever we want to do. God made you for a purpose, and it's up to you to find out what that purpose is. You cannot fulfill your purpose accidentally. It doesn't just happen by faith. You have to pursue the will of God in order to get it. It takes a revelation from God because He will call you to do something beyond yourself. This way, you become God-dependent. If you just look at your personality profile test to find out what you're suited for, you're going to miss God. There are things on the inside of you that he wants to accomplish. God called me to do the exact thing I couldn't do, speak in front of millions of people. He called a hick from Texas to preach his word. I've had people make fun of my voice to where some people have written to our, into our ministry saying they thought I was Gomer Pyle. Another person once wrote to say that I was as plain as dirt. I understand exactly what they are ta we're talking about. I am definitely not your typical minister. I am not a charismatic figure, yet God chose me. And just by responding to him, he has blessed me. He is using my life. People are alive today who would be dead if I wasn't doing what God told me to do. There are people who are beginning to understand the goodness of God and their lives are being changed. There are miracles happening. 
You need to find your purpose. The only chance you have of reaching your full potential is to do what God has created you to do. Amen. Amen. So I like this section, and uh, for a lot of different reasons, it's just a continuation of what we've been talking about. But uh, let me just piggyback, and I'm probably going to read a paragraph here. Uh, God made you for a purpose, and it's up to you to find out what that purpose is. Uh, someone else can't find that purpose for you. You have to find that out. And there's only one way to find that out. you got to have a relationship with God. you got to seek Him. And delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you. He will conceive in you the desires of your heart. You cannot fulfill your purpose accidentally. You're not going to just stumble upon your purpose. I believe that God can give you divine appointments. I believe He can orchestrate events and set the stage, so to speak. But I don't believe you're just going to uh, accidentally stumble upon your purpose. Um, it doesn't just happen by by fate. You have to purpose. I, I, excuse me. You have to pursue the will of God in order to, to get it. It takes a revelation from God because He will call you to do something beyond yourself the way you could this way you can become God dependent and I like this because I've seen this so happen so many times it says if you just took look at your personal, personality profile test to find out what you are suited for you're going to miss God there are things on, on the inside of you that he wants to accomplish. Now this goes so much against uh, some mainstream Christianity that I've ever that I have experienced. I've had so many churches through the years have us take those personality tests, and I get them to a certain degree, and they're kind of uh, interesting uh, in both good and interesting ways. Uh, but uh, but at the same point in time, you know, if they can deter us. From being God dependent instead of being independent. Um, I think I said that backwards. Being an independent and God dependent. Because he goes on to say, God called me to do the exact thing I couldn't do. Speak in front of millions of people. He called a, a hick from Texas, this is Andrew speaking, to preach the word. I've had people come and make fun of my voice and whatnot. You know, there, there's chances are that God's going to call you to do something that is totally anti your personality and anti your financial resources and anti your ability. That doesn't mean He's going to call you something that doesn't have to that you don't have a desire to do per se. Because delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you desires of your heart. But there's so many times if we, if all we do is take a personality test. And sometimes we do those to, uh, to find out what spiritual gifts we are. And I'm not against those things in and of themselves. But at the same point in time, what Andrew's saying here, if that's all you're dependent on, if that's all you're going to research instead of seeking God, what if God calls you to do something that goes against your personality? What if God calls you to do something that, I mean, look at the disciples. He told them twice to feed the multitudes. And yet they didn't have... The, the, the food or the, or the financial resources to do that. God didn't call, Jesus didn't make a mistake by telling the disciples to feed the multitudes. No, they had to depend on God for the resources to feed the multitudes. And they couldn't, they couldn't just take a fundraiser. They couldn't just uh, plan it for next year or next fall. 
They had to, they had to do it right then on the spot. And there are going to be times when God calls you to do something that are beyond you, beyond your personality, and maybe, maybe even at times out of your comfort zone. But when God calls you to do something, it will be something that God, that you have to be dependent on God. Not, and and, and the, the key to that is that we don't want to be independent. We want to be God-dependent. We also don't want to be people-dependent. Now, we... we God uses us, and we are the body of Christ, and, 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 and we, we, you know, the, my, my head is dependent on, on my heart, and my heart is, is dependent on my hands and legs and, and my mouth and different things to do their part. And so in one sense, yeah, we are working in, in that and yeah, we are working in, in unity, but ultimately, I'm dependent on God, not you, and not the church, and not, not, the, not society, not, not the government, not my, I can't. I can't put all that dependence on my wife, my spouse, our kids, our parents, or whatever the case may be. We have to be God-dependent. We can't be personality-dependent. We, we can't even be, we might have uh, just a, a knack or a, a, decree, a degree in, in a certain field or whatever. God may use you in the way that you're gifted. I mean, when I read the Old Testament, especially Leviticus, and they talk about how God gifted people to, to build the tabernacle, to build the different instruments, God can use your talents. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But at the same point in time, don't just use your talents don't just use your personality test as a defining line what God's called you to do. Because God may call you to do something that you don't have a talent for. God may call you to do something you <coughs> excuse me, you don't have the personality or resources to do. <coughs> Where you have to trust God. And so and and and, 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 and so we we have to be a people that trust God. And I'm not saying that God won't use your personality. I'm not saying that God won't use your resources and talents. But that is not a defining line what God's called you to do. You need to hear from Him. And it's not going to come by accident. It's going to be because you pursued a relationship with God. And you, uh, you know, yes, God can orchestrate divine appointments and orchestrate them and things. Um, but you can also miss everything God's... See, it works both ways. You, you can miss everything our God's orchestrated because you were so focused on your personality. You were so focused on your talents. You were so focused on your resources or lack of resources. And all along, God was setting up the stage. And you missed it because you were independent instead of God-dependent. you got to hear His voice. you got to hear His voice like Moses. you got to hear His voice like David. You know, I mean, yes, in some sense, David was just going out to feed, to, to bring cheese and crackers to his brothers because his daddy, Jesse, told him to. And yet he stumbled on the scene of Goliath. And his life never was the same after that. He was already anointed to be king, but uh, before that, life was just as usual. <laughs> he just being a shepherd boy. And then one day he brings cheese and crackers to his brothers in obedience to daddy. But you know what? He was so God-dependent that when he saw Goliath, he's like, this is no different than the lion and bear I've taken out. Because he was already God-dependent. And he, he, and, he, and he seized the opportunity. He was a little thing. I mean, even King Saul thought he wasn't fit. None of, his brothers didn't even think he was a warrior. It was beyond his ability, naturally speaking. None of them saw him the, as a warrior. 
But, and, but David wasn't focused on himself. David was focused on his God. And he didn't miss the opportunity. He, he, he was able to take out Goliath because he was God-dependent, not independent. See, King Saul and the, and the armies of Israel were so independent and not God-dependent, they missed the opportunity. It was George's job. It was their job to take out Goliath. But they were wallowing in fear. They were so independent, they couldn't even hit, kill a mouse if it came by. They, they, and so, you know, we need to be God-dependent. You got something, Sherry? Uh, no, I'm just listening to you. Uh, it, it, it really reminds me of all the stories in the Bible of all, you know, the heroes of faith and different ones that, that we all look up to, Paul and, and Peter, you know, even King David, Esther, Abraham, you know, we, we look up to all of these, these people, and, and yet they were just like us. They depended and trusted God. And uh, Karis Bible uh, College in Colorado put on a, a theatrical production called God With Us. And it is amazing. It goes through the whole Bible and puts into visual, into, into music, into words, what each of these heroes of faith went into. And whoever wrote the words um, really, really was led by the Spirit. And it was one of the most encouraging things I have ever listened to and watched. And I encourage you, if you get a chance, to, to look into that. Because I, I, I get it's you know, a production that, that, that someone wrote. But you, you see visually what our heroes of faith, David, uh, Esther, Moses, all these different ones, just their trust in the Lord and the words of the songs just really lift me up and encourage me because God is with us. God is with you and he will bring you through whatever it is that you're going through. Just trust him. Amen. And that's the that's the theme. That's the theme in this Bible study. That's the theme in this lesson. Uh, and me, when I really read the Word of God, that's what the theme is. It's about trusting Him. You know, actually, if you took your Bible and you went to the center verse of the Bible, it's about trusting God. And I've done that before. I forget what it is exactly. I think it's in Psalm one seventeen. I might find it while Sherry's reading. But anyway, it's about trusting God. The central theme about this Bible. It's about the just living by faith. It's about trusting God. And that's the, that's the, uh, you know, he says he will keep him in perfect peace in his mind and stay upon him because he trusts in him. So, um, anything else? No. Okay, so we're going to read the last section to this chapter. It's called Holding Back the Blessing. In December 2001, the Lord dealt with me for about 45 days until I figured out that I was limiting him. Part of this process began as we looked for new office space because we had maxed out our 14,600 square feet building. When we started looking for a new place, I was gone traveling and ministering while Jamie was with the realtor. When she picked me up from the airport, she showed me a couple of places she had looked at and some were 30,000 square feet. Jamie said she thought that would probably hold our ministry forever. 
But as soon as she said that, I thought, oh no, I forgot to tell Jamie that God had spoken to me and told me that one day we would have one of the largest ministries in the world. Jamie and I share everything. We talk about everything. But I realized that I hadn't yet told her about what the Lord had spoken to me. In the beginning of our ministry, I received so much criticism that I just quit talking about the things that God had put in my heart. Because I had been criticized so much in the past, I feared that Jamie too would reject my vision. When I realized I hadn't yet told her, I was shocked that I had let fear keep me from sharing this with her. I had been on the radio since 1976, but I had never allowed myself to think I was really influencing people because I was afraid of being lifted up in pride. God showed me that I was limiting what he could do in my life because of my false humility, a sense of unworthiness along with my fear of success. One of the ways he showed me this was through a radio interview I did with Len and Kathy Meek. While I sat in an adjacent room waiting on them to finish the news and weather report, they gave me an introduction that embarrassed me. They spoke about how the Lord used me when they first got saved to mold their lives and point them in the right direction. I had known of the Meeks for years, but I had never thought that I could have been an influence in their lives. I shared with this with them after the interview and they were shocked. They reminded me that I had been teaching on over 100 radio stations for decades. So why wouldn't I believe that the Lord would have reached people through that? Of course, what they said made sense, but I had never let myself think about how the Lord was using me for fear of getting into pride. I was avoiding any temptation to become prideful by denying the obvious, which wasn't right either. I had to confront these issues and deal with them. When I made that change in my heart and said, Praise God, I'm going to do what God called me to do regardless of the, poten of the potential for failure, rejection, persecution, or pride, within weeks, everything in our ministry changed. It began to explode. The Lord showed me that He had been pouring all of these blessings out on me since He called me to minister 45 years earlier. But I had built up a huge dam that was holding them back. When I finally yielded and said, all right, I'll do it, and started speaking faith over my ministry, it was like that dam burst and the power of God came gushing through. Within weeks of taking deliverance off God, I started to see miraculous results. This can also happen to you once you stop limiting what God wants to do in your life, whether it's because you have fear of man or a fear of success or any other type of fear. God has a great plan for your life. He has an awesome purpose. Take the limits off God and watch His will come to pass in your life. Amen. Amen. I just love this section. and I remember reading this uh, book, Don't Limit God, from Andrew Womack years ago. You know, it was during the season when we had lost everything. Uh, between 2009 2013, we had lost everything, and we have a whole testimony behind all that. You know, we're now, we're now in a position uh, where we are better than we've ever been before. More importantly, spiritually, uh, because we, uh, and uh, whatnot. But anyway, you know, Andrew, I love his Andrew's testimony here, how, you know, he, when he limited God in his own thinking, he was limited in what he could do. So when he took those limits off God, 
his ministry, his effectiveness began to explode. And I love that. And if you know uh, uh, Andrew's ministry, uh, his ministry has exploded with a gift. You know, with any ministry, there can be, not, not, no ministry is perfect. And, uh, but because uh, uh, you're dealing with people. When you have people, you're going to have problems. And actually, I've heard this another way. Where you have sheep, you have manure. You know, and so uh, that's just the way it goes. I mean, that might be a gross way of looking at it, but where where there's sheep, there's manure, and, and so you know, it's just gonna. Uh, that's where it is. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. We're going there. Let's get back to the good stuff. You know, we gotta take the limits off God, and that's Andrew's testimony. We have our testimony. You have your testimony. But we can limit God because of fear of man. We can limit God because of the fear of success. We can limit God because we are trusting man, trusting ourselves, being independent instead of God dependent. But we got to learn by the Holy Spirit, our, our teacher, our helper, by the Word of God, we got to learn to take the limits off God and put the trust and focus on Him. And I don't, I'm not necessarily looking for our ministry to explode or not explode. I'm just looking to be in the center of God's will. If we reach one person once in a while through a Facebook post or whatever, so be it. But I want to do what God called me to do to his full potential uh, uh, by not limiting him. And I know there's been times in my life where I've limited him. And I know there's some times in my life where I have not limited him. And I've seen the difference. You know, and, uh, and so um, I just need to learn. We all need to learn how to not limit God. And I believe that we're not going to learn that if we haven't learned to have a relationship with Him and His Word, a relationship with the body of Christ and its proper healthiness. We need, we need to have a relationship with God so that we can know His will, and then we need to respond to what He tells us to do and how He tells us to do it, when He tells us to do it. Sometimes God tells us to do it, but we get ahead, and we, we, we pick the timeline. And that, that can't be it either. Uh, you know, so when we trust God, God can do uh, exploits through our life and through our ministry. You got something? You don't have anything? I wish there was so much I could piggyback on this. I mean, I just love, especially this last section that we just covered. Uh, you know, it speaks volumes to me because, you know, in, in recent months and weeks, we've been kind of at some crossroads, and we're even in a season right now, what we call a semi sabbatical season. Semi is not a full on sabbatical, but we're just trusting the Lord and seeking Him for what what's the direction next. Uh, we feel like chain, we're in this transitional season of change and we don't want to miss God, we don't want to limit Him and so we're, we're seeking Him for that and I believe, you know, we, we went to the beach yesterday and we were just talking and enjoying because it was so hot, it was cool to, to, to just visit, visit the waves and, and uh, wait a little bit in the cool water and, and whatnot and, and so we know we were just kind of speaking about the future, speaking about uh, different things and whatnot, and where we want to be, and where God calls to be, and what this looks like. We don't have all the answers yet. We don't have all the details for sure, uh, but we we are getting. Uh, 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 you know, He says that His Word is a light to our path. And step by step, He leads us. He guides us. 
we, we might not always see the, what's on the horizon, but we can see the next step. And uh, when we get to that step, we can see the step beyond that. Uh, and uh, so uh, we just let him be our guide. Uh, you know, as a, as a, the pillar cloud led Israel by day and the fire cloud by night, we can let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us by his word, by his spirit. My sheep know my voice. And they, they follow. And so, you know, again, everything we teach goes back to a relationship with God. But out of that relationship, God's going to tell us to do some things. We're not in this to be complacent. We're not in here to be passive and lazy. We need to be about our Father's business. with something that we need to do. We don't need to get ahead of God. But we also don't need to be sitting on the bench when God tells us the, the charge to go forward. And so, um, so sometimes we're facing the Red Sea with Pharaoh's army on our backside and mountains all around us. But God's saying, go forward. And so uh, we go forward. And so we can limit God when we, you know, Moses could have limited God and just died right there at the Red Sea. But no, they didn't limit God. They, they went forward. And one of the greatest miracles that we have in the Word of God is the whole Red Sea experience. And uh, we can trust God. And so... Uh, you know, David back was against the wall many times with Saul chasing him and the scene of Goliath that we've mentioned already this evening. But we have to trust God. We have to have a relationship with God. And then when he tells us to do it, it might go beyond our personality. It might go beyond our resources. It might go beyond our talents. It may, and that doesn't mean God's not going to use your personality and your talents. God, God, you know, we're fearfully and wonderfully made for a purpose. But the key is we're not trusting us. We're not trusting our personality. We're not trusting our talents. We're not trusting us. We're trusting Him. That's the key. Uh, so I, I can give you testimony after testimony of people who have used their personality and talents and resources. And I can tell you testimony and testimony after people who... They're just out of sight of their, out of their league, but God's called them to do it. And, and they've been successful because God's doing it. And so, so it, the key is trusting God. It's, the key is not limiting God. That's the key. Uh, and how do we do that? The relationship with Him and doing what God calls to do, even if it's beyond us. And when we do that, when we don't have the fear of man, we don't have the fear of success, we're not so insecure and, and independent. What we're going to do is going to—it's just going to take off. It may explode in one sense, like Andrew's ministry, or it just may take off like the the, the, the feathers on an eagle, you know. And uh, I just think I'm thinking of an eagle a lot lately, you know. You know. Let me just close with the scripture tonight. If you have your Bible, go with me to Psalm chapter 40. I I shared this briefly this morning in my message, but I just want to listen to it and just. This passage of scripture has been on my mind a lot lately. And I want to end with Isaiah chapter 40. And I think it's verse 29 I'm going to pick up with. But it says, He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and, grow and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord, <clears throat> I love that. Those who wait on the Lord, those who trust on Him, those who rely on Him, those who are dependent on Him, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. 
Wait on the Lord. Trust Him. He will. Some of you need your strength to be renewed. God can renew your strength. You know, I was there just a couple of weeks ago. We have been uh, uh, attacked in some areas and whatnot, and I'm not going to go into that detail. But it just got knocked me off my horse, so to speak. And, uh, you know, I just woke up every morning just like, you know, I wasn't depressed, but I just had lost my, lost my motivation. I knew what I needed to do, and at least in the moment, but I just lost the wind in my sails. I just lost my motivation. You know, it's hard to do something when you're not motivated. It's hard to get started. It's hard to get off the ground, so to speak. But I lost that, and, you know, but since then, and I'm not perfect, uh, we even had a little... Uh, interruption this week but uh, uh, but even then uh, you know God's renewed our strength and, and uh, I just love it you know we're going forward again and so um, anyway uh, anyway God bless you guys uh, thank you for joining us uh, we'll be back next week uh, we got one more chapter left I don't know if we'll wrap it up in one week or not but after that we'll just start another book and so uh, we're not going to end these Bible studies but we, we, we may be ending this one uh, pretty soon. So anyway, um, God bless you guys, and uh, uh, we love you. And uh, if you have any prayer requests or anything we can help you with, reach out to us, whether it be here or, or privately. And then uh, God bless you, and we'll see you next week. All right.